Welcome to the First Prez OC Podcast. My name is Gabe Perez. This is week one of our Advent series. Uh, We actually recorded this quite a long time ago, but because of the craziness of the Christmas season and everything going on, I have not been able to catch up on all the past episodes. So I'm still going to be posting them sequentially, and this is the first week of our series. So we're now in mid to late January, so a little bit behind, but... For those of you guys that haven't been able to come in that time, we miss you, we love you, and these are all for you to be able to catch up on if you missed any, and I hope you guys can get something out of it as we talk about hope and the hope of the Advent season, and whether it's Christmas time or not, we can always learn and glean from what hope means and the hope that we have in Christ and how that all relates to Advent. Um, So, hope you guys enjoy and uh, look forward to actually getting these podcasts out to you the rest of the time. Um, obviously we got a new series. It's all about Advent. Um, and we've been talking, um, in through Habakkuk. That was our previous series. And throughout Habakkuk, um, it's kind of representative of Habakkuk and the righteous people in the land crying out to God for justice. They're wanting God to come and do something. They're, they're like, Lord, there's things wrong. Make it right. And, you know, obviously we've all been in that position, right? We've all been in that place where we thought, God, I just need you to fix this, fix the situation, or, you know, make things right, or bring justice, or, you know, whether it be with ourselves, or with our family, or with uh, uh, teachers, or anything like that, or even just things we see in the world going on. Uh, obviously, like, shootings, and wars, and, you know, famines, and droughts, and we, we're like, okay, God, we know you're above, and greater than all those things, and so we can pray and ask God to intervene in those things. And it's exactly kind of what was going on in Habakkuk's time and kind of what that book represented. Um, and so it's kind of interesting because when you think about Advent and what that actually means, it's really cool because the official thing for Advent actually means arrival. Um, uh, really, when you look at kind of what it, what it means directly, um, it's an, uh, a translation from a Latin word. Um, and so, let's see. Well, there you go. Um, Advent equals arrival. Um, Advent. <laughs> thank you for that. Um, yeah, and so it comes from a Latin word uh, called uh, Adventus, which simply means arrival. And really, Advent just talks to the arrival of God. It, it, it means like what Advent is is, hey, uh, arrive. The arrival of God. It's looking forward to God's arrival uh, specifically Jesus's birth in terms of that and so um, so this official you know advent of arrival of God um, really comes as Jesus is born this is his first advent his first arrival into our lives and into the global history as we see it directly physically as a human being um, God came down um, and sal- our salvation essentially arrived because when God came down to the earth in the flesh, that was when salvation for us was possible. That's when salvation began because salvation comes through Christ alone. And that's why Advent is celebrated around Christmas because it celebrates Christ's arrival. Um, now, there's multiple ways of celebrating Advent. Um, so, there, you know, there's the, I mean, you guys have probably grown up hearing about Advent and there might be, you go to different churches and they might have different services, whether it be a Catholic church whether it be a Lutheran church, a Methodist church, 
or even a Presbyterian church or your you know Presbyterian youth group here at local Oregon City at uh, First Pres OC uh, with Gabe. Um, but every service you're going to go to that uh, Advent is generally the same, but they're going to be celebrating or looking at different things when they're doing it because um, Advent isn't just one specific thing. It's not just one topic. It covers a lot of topics. It's the arrival of Christ. But what that means and how we actually look at that and how that impacts our lives is a very broad thing as well. And so for us, over the next like four Wednesdays leading up to our Christmas party that last night, uh, we're going to be looking at four specific parts of Advent that we're doing. Um, and so for us, we're only going to be focusing on one thing at a time. Um, and this week, we are looking at... Hope, yes. We are looking at hope. Good job. This is a good guess. Um, I don't even have it as a slide. No, no, no. No, there's no slides. You're all good. Just It's just Advent. You're all good. Actually, I probably should have put like hope, Advent, hope, you know, week one. It's all good. But yes, this week we're looking at hope. Now, everybody say hope. Hope. All right. So we have talked about um, hope before in bits and pieces, um, but it's a big, huge part of Christmas. Um, so we're going to be focusing on it more in depth and more in the context of the holidays, all right, and kind of what that actually means for us in that sense. Um, so from a biblical sense, hope hope is kind of more of a, and despite how dark it is, um, there's, it always shines through. Like when you think about hope and kind of what, there's no like straight up just definition of hope in the Bible. But what kind of hope is, and when you see hope mentioned, it's always talked about that despite circumstances, despite everything going on, despite what your attitude or what's happened, there's always something to look forward to. There's always something pulling you through in that time. Um, and whenever we look at it from a biblical sense, the hope that is always shining through, that always comes through and is always the thing we hang on to is Jesus. When you look at what hope actually is and where it comes from, it, it comes from God and his promises to us. And if you look at all of God's promises that he gives us in the Bible, all of his promises, all of his promises grant us, sorry, um, hope and reassurance because it speaks to kind of where we're at. But not only that, it speaks on, on it speaks on kind of where we're at in life, his promises to us, but also speaks of like a future, both in this life and the next. So when God tells us things when we read in the Bible, it's things that we can hang on to and apply to today, right? So when God's like, hey, like you can lean on me and trust in me, like bring me your sorrows and your care. And you're like, that affects me today. That affects me right now. I can go to God today. And he promises that he listens and he takes our sorrows away. That he, and he cares for us, right? So there's a direct promise right there. But then that promise also holds on for eternity as well. Because God promises not only that he'll take our sorrows today, but he's going to wipe away sorrow and pain and tears for all eternity as well. So it's a promise that we can hang on to right now, but it's also a promise that we can look forward to that gives us hope. So it gives us hope right now, but it also gives us hope in the future. And throughout the Bible, all of God's promises that he gives to us and God himself gives us hope. He is the source of our hope because he's the one that we can trust in. He's the one that we can look to despite all of our circumstances that's going on. Um, it says in Psalms 135, uh, 130, verse 5, I will wait for the Lord. My whole being waits, and in His word I put my hope. Now, this that Psalm 130, I encourage you guys, just write it on a little side note if you guys can. Just read that on your own, 
It is such a small psalm, but it is so good. It is such a beautiful psalm. And I, I, I wanted to just like go into that one thing, but I was like, we're focused on hope right now. We can talk about Psalm 130 later, but it is amazing. But that last bit, um, my whole being waits, and in his word I put my hope. Not in my promises, not in anything anybody else says, but what God says. Because what God says will come to pass. And what God says he stands by and he will follow through on. He's faithful in that way. And God promises to give us hope. Um, and from and very on in history, God promised a Messiah to come. God promised the salvation that will take away our burdens. And not only that, he'll establish a new kingdom where we're free from sin and free from the sucky parts of this life, right? And life's not perfect. I mean, does anybody else just want life to always be exactly how it is every single day? Um, no. For the most part, there's always like, you ever stubbed your toe? That kind of sucks. That might be the worst part of your day, but that's a pretty sucky part of the day, right? Maybe, you know, you woke up and you didn't have any breakfast before school and you're hungry all day. Yeah, that sucks. But guess what? In God's kingdom, there is no hunger. There is no pain or hurts. Or suffering. There's no hurtful words. There's no um, sadness or sorrow. God promises a Messiah that will bring forth this new kingdom. It's amazing. And it's in the Old Testament, a lot of times that they see all these prophecies of the coming Messiah, right? So look here in Isaiah 61, verse 1. It says, The Spirit of the Sovereign Lord is on me, because the Lord has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He has sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim freedom for the captives and release from darkness, uh, from darkness for the prisoners. So there's a little bit of like a prophecy about Christ's coming right there, that he is going to come and set the captives free. And then again in Daniel 7, it says, In my vision at night I looked, and there before me was like one, was one like a son of man, coming on the clouds of heaven. He approached the Ancient of Days, this is God, and was led into his presence. He was given authority, glory, and sovereign power. All nations and peoples of every language worshipped him. His dominion is an everlasting dominion that will not pass away, and his kingdom is one that will never be destroyed. So as we can see, these are two separate Old Testament books written at two separate times, but both prophesying and talking about the second coming of Christ, or the first coming of Christ, the coming of the Messiah. What's that? Was that 7, 13 through 14? Yes. So it's clear um, that the Messiah of God, the Messiah that God was sending, was for the benefit of the people, right? So God was giving the people messages through his prophets, saying, hey, a Messiah is coming. A Messiah is coming. A Messiah is coming. He's on his way. He's going to establish a new kingdom. He's going to be giving you guys hope. He's going to rule over the nations. He's going to have an everlasting kingdom that's never going to end. So God's giving all these promises to the people in the Old Testament. But this is, the problem is, this is all before Christ arrived. So the entire time, the Old Testament, all the people are doing is waiting for the Messiah. They're, they're sitting anxiously. They're waiting for the advent of Christ, the arrival of their Messiah. So that's why the cool thing of the first Christmas, whenever Christ first came, was the official beacon of hope for the people that they had never had before. Because we look at Christmas a lot of times like, oh yeah, woo, baby Jesus arrived. That's great. But 
for them, when they like how recent it was for them, this was the coming Messiah. Now, not everybody realized that. Not everybody fully understood the weight of Jesus' birth, but we look back at it later. We understand exactly how important it actually was. Hey, uh, Richard, what are you doing, buddy? Well, that's right. That's what I thought. All right. <laughs> that's right. Put it away. Whatever you're doing, put it away. Either take notes or to put it away. All right. But the thing is, God promises that through this Messiah, he's going to establish peace. He's going to establish justice. And he's going to restore the brokenhearted. This Messiah is the source of all hope for the people. And that's exactly what Jesus did. And part of that prophecy already came to pass, right? So Jesus has come. He has prophesied to the nations. He is the Savior of the world. And the people of the Old Testament got to experience that with the first Christmas. But the thing is that as Christians, you know, we get to celebrate that and realize, like, man, like, Jesus came to destroy sin. He, his new kingdom was established in the sense of him coming and waging war on sin and death and the grave. But that's not where Christmas and Advent stops for us. When you think about Christmas and we think about Advent and the hope that we have in Christ, we don't just look back and we say, oh yeah, Jesus was born then. That was a good time, right? Because that's in the past. That, that already happened. The advent of Christ already happened. But we as Christians now are also waiting on another advent of Christ, as in Jesus' second coming, as in God coming again to fully finish the work that he began after being crucified and dying and rising again. Because we as Christians, we're not looking in the past. We're looking to the future. This is a past reminder of Christ came, but this is a sign of what was to come, which was the cross and salvation. And not only that, after that happens, Christ is coming again. He, we, we as Christians, we might not experience it while we're still alive. I think some of you guys probably might. I don't know. But there's a real possibility that we will be able to see the advent of Christ for ourselves, the second coming of Jesus, the arrival of the Messiah again for the whole world, where it says that he will come to judge the quick and the dead. He will come to judge those that are his and those that are not his. That's what Revelation is all about. When we talked about that, guys, it's, that's the story of Jesus coming back and waging war and all these things to come to finally bring peace, to finally get rid of death and the grave. Because guess what? We're still struggling with sin, right? Sin is still in the world. And those prophecies were talked about Jesus coming and he's going to establish his kingdom. And he's going to establish his righteousness and justice. But there's a lot of injustice still in the world. There's a lot of unrighteousness that goes on. Which means that that part is yet to still come. We're still waiting on Christ right now. And that's the hope that we get to have right now is knowing that despite all the sucky parts of our life, we... In this Christmas season, we look at the advent of Christ back then, and we get to turn and also recognize that there's another advent of Christ to come. And we get to hope and have joy in the fact that despite all the things we're going through, I have a Savior that is still waiting for me on the other side of the grave. That whenever I die, I don't have to worry about where I'm going. 
that I have hope in Christ that he's saved me. I have hope that also he is going to make this world better, that he's going to make this world right. Because we are the ones that get to wait now for Jesus coming again to fully establish his kingdom. You know, it's interesting because it says that in that song, um, Joy to the World, right? So we sing that song. It's a, we always think of this song as a Christmas song, right? Joy to the world, the Lord has come. But if you guys didn't know, this song was not written for Christmas. This song was actually written and composed by a guy who is writing and singing about the second coming of Christ. So this is joy to the world, the Lord has come. As in, Jesus has come back again to establish his kingdom. Let earth receive her king, meaning all of the world is now being judged. The whole nations have to bow before Jesus because now he's not just letting us do whatever we want anymore. He's saying, hey, now it's judgment time. Now sin is going to be no more. I'm going to establish things for my reign and my rule forever. And the thing is, when we put our faith in Christ, we get to be with him in heaven. We, we get spared the punishment for our sin. We don't have to go to hell because we have our faith in Christ. But whenever Christ comes back, that's it. He's, he's establishing his kingdom. It, it's, hey, if you're with me, you're with me. And if you're not, you're not. But this song was written to celebrate and rejoice in God's second coming. That's why it talks about no more let sin and sorrows grow. Meaning, there's still sin. There's still sorrow in the world. That's still going on. But when Christ comes again, the advent of Christ for the second coming, all of that's going away. No more sin, death, worry, pain, hurt. There's no more cancer. There's no more arthritis. There's no more Alzheimer's. There's no more broken legs. There's no more hurtful words that hurt our emotions. There's no more stress and worry that we have anymore. Because Christ takes all those things away because all of those are a result of sin. And during this Christmas season, yes, we can celebrate and look back to little baby Jesus in the manger. And we can remember the hope that came to the people and the hope that entered the world when Christ was born. Because when Christ was born, that changed everything. But that also should be a reminder to us of the hope we have waiting for us as well. We too now are waiting on the hope of Christ to come again. We get to celebrate that Jesus is coming back. And that's the best thing for us, guys. Because when Jesus comes back, he's going to make everything right. <laughs> I don't know about you, but I'm ready for him to make everything right. <laughs> I'm ready to be done with the sucky parts of this world. I'm ready to be done with sin. I'm ready to be done with my own sin. I'm ready to be done with my own pain. I'm ready to be done with all the stuff that sin brings with it, including death. I don't want to say goodbye to my friends and family anymore. But whenever Christ comes again, the grave is no more. Death has no sting. Like we talked about in scandal in that song, Scandal of Grace. Oh, death, where is your sting? Your power is as dead as the grave because Christ is has come again and that is the hope that we have and that's the hope that we can remember when we turn to this Christmas season is not just 
baby Jesus in the manger, but the hope of Christ coming with his second kingdom. Cool? Cool. All right, let's pray. Lord Jesus, um, we just thank you so much. Um, not only that we get to have fun and celebrate um, Christmas and presents and you coming back, Lord, and, and get to have hope in that because, Lord, it, whenever you came as a little baby, um, that was the sign of things to come. That was our sign that you were listening, that you cared, and that you were going to bring salvation. And eventually you did through dying on the cross. And Lord, when we put our faith in you, Jesus, and ask you to forgive us of our sins, that we could just be made new in you. Lord, you're faithful to forgive us, and you also make us into a new creation. But until we die, we don't get to really see you and experience the full change in our hearts and change in our souls. We're waiting and waiting and waiting for you to come back. God, so we're excited and we're hopeful that you are going to come back, Lord, because when you come back, you're going to take away all the things that hurt in this life. You're going to make things new. You're going to make things right. Lord, so we can have hope in that, knowing that your promises and your word are always true. So Jesus, help us to find hope in you. Find hope in the fact that you are coming again. And Lord, look back to Christmas as a reminder of the hope that you give us every day. Not just as something that happened in the past, but also something we can look forward to today. In your mighty name, Jesus, we pray. Amen. Amen. And there you have it, guys. I um, hope you guys can have that hope. And remember that the hope and joy we have in Jesus is not just something we can celebrate temporarily or look back to and appreciate, but something we can look forward to, that we have hope every day. Hope anytime, always because Christ is with us throughout our lives and also has the victory at the end of time. And when we put our faith in him, we don't have to worry. And we always, always have hope. Have a blessed day.